Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. That's the the other thing I have an issue with, and I use the example of Oreos, is mm-hmm. Oreos cost, let's say, I don't even know, let's say $6, right? But they mm-hmm. spend $50 million a year in ads. And everybody knows an Oreo. If you love Oreo, your family's going to pass that down. Your mom's going to eat Oreos. You're going to eat Oreos. Your kids are going to eat Oreos. You never have to run another ad again. And if you do have to run an ad, it can be literally a five second gift of your product because everybody knows once they see an Oreo, you don't need these tricky campaigns to justify your media account, right? Because your Oreo. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think, feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, name on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believe them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you're going to figure out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen. And here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. 
So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. May God bless America. You know, and that's so that's that's but one of the things about the name brand is is like everybody knows the name brand. And yeah. everybody assumes that name brand equals quality. And maybe at one point that was absolutely the truth. Mm-hmm. Or maybe name brand means innovation. I will say one of the things about Oreo that the uh, you know the other games don't have right now is Oreo now has a gluten-free option. That's awesome. But what I'm saying is they could lower the price mm-hmm. over all of Oreos and get rid of the ads that they're spending. Like they're, you don't need these creative ads to sell your product. And but I do like the gluten free. I didn't know that, and they should run a yep. commercial for that, a campaign for that. You know, right? And, you know, and and so like, you know, this is this is you know, it's it's to me, it's the whole you know, how are you lobbying for mm-hmm. you know people to spend money on you, you know, and and ads are one of those things. Like as someone who really doesn't watch TV, and I pay for services to not have ads, right? You know. Right. Like it doesn't, you know, it's one of those things that it doesn't work for me. And I, and I think that as you see more people cut from cable, you know, you're going to see these ads, the ad, spa, uh, ad spaces transform, you mm. know, how are you going to get people's attention? So like, for example, uh, what, what some people don't realize is, is that you might think that everything on your, on your grocery shelf is organized in such a way that, you know, makes sense, Right. Well, it does make sense if you understand how the structure of getting your product placed in a certain spot works. Right. The spots so available when your product comes out and the room available. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even that. It's, it's, it's wh- whose eyes are you trying to capture? So mm-hmm. like, for example, the most colorful cereal boxes and candies sit about at a child's eye height level. Yeah. So that way when... They worked to get that spot is what I'm saying. Originally, no, they, that, that wasn't they had their to, spot. Yeah, they had to work to get that spot until they figured out they could pay to get that spot. Exactly. But before them, potato chips had that spot. And then potato chips went down and cookies and candy came up and they had the money to buy that spot. Right. And so and and, and that's what it boils down to is, is that when you look at how things are how things are are pushed out, it's that, you know. Usually your deals are either going to be on the bottom shelf or they're going to be on the top shelf. Mm. That eye level spot is where people are going to just naturally reach or kids are going to start complaining and, and begging, you know, the parents to grab their really colorful blo- uh, box of sugar frosted sugar puffs. Mm-hmm. You know, this episode is sponsored by sugar Sugar. Sugars. <laughs> this this episode is sponsored by <laughs> diabetes <laughs> yeah. in all of its forms but yeah i noticed because i bought captain crunch because i like my captain crunch and it yeah the way it's designed was like free game and then small print if you buy three more boxes and i was right. like yeah but i'm blind all i see is free game you know or it's captain crunch is small but the Crunch is big, peanut butter is small, you know, and it's the way right. they, it's the way they <laughs> market it, you know. Or, or, or my personal favorite is is the when they when they put two products that are almost identical side by side, but there's a small change on one of them, right? You know, but even like I, I mean, 
even only having, you know, strong vision in one eye, I'm still mm-hmm. not the most observant person, and which ends up with probably the funniest screw up I've ever had. So I when I was, so, so when I was working for the law firm, um, one of the things, I mean, I was, you know, it was right at the beginning of when I started. So I'm just getting the hang of working in a law firm mm. and we were out of coffee. Now, if you work for lawyers, you're going to know that lawyers need coffee. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I go and they're like, all right, so this is what we get. Go to the, go to the Safeway, get the organics, uh, French roast. That's mm. what the boss lady liked. I'm going to get what the boss lady likes. Hell yeah. So I get there. I see the organic, the organics French roast. And I'm like, okay, cool. Boom. Grab it. Sitting right next to each other. I just grab the one that I, that I know that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I get back to the office and I, and I'm like, all right, got new coffee. Boss lady's like, sweet. Goes to make a cup. And I hear, what the hell is this? And I go, oh no. And she's like, do you hate me? Oh. Do you, do you want to see us fail? And I'm like, what, what's going on here? And the entire law firm just bursts out in laughter because I accidentally bought decaffeinated. Oh, wow. And, and so of course, for the rest of my tenure there, I was just getting shit about that, but it was funny until I bought the next box. And so then I sat them side by side and even my boss went, Oh, holy shit. I can see why you totally messed this up. Mm-hmm. Like there's just a little yellow bar just right off to the side that says decaf. Right. But the box looked in exactly identical except for that one little spot. Yeah. They do that with sugar free a lot and coffee creamers. And yeah, like the, the, the product is super small on international delight. I don't know what the flavor is. I'm going to tell you my secret, my blind story. I bought two creamers. One was Hershey's chocolate and the other was fruity pebbles. awesome because it was the color i was like whatever that's a cool color i'll grab that not even thinking i never thought in my wildest dreams that international delight would come up with fruity bubbles so the question is is was it any good it was horrible (laughs) that's always the worst if you picked all the green fruity pebbles and put them in a bowl and then shoved them all in your mouth at once that would be the flavor I, i just imagine that it's just like if you just like took a handful of fruity pebbles, shoved them in your mouth and then threw the coffee down like that. <laughs> yeah. Pretty just much. straight go. So uh, no, dude, I, I totally like that's, I mean, that's a hilarious fuck up, yeah. but you know, that's, that's one of those things where it's like, I mean, I can, as even though like I'm, still technically able to see mm-hmm. like my ability to pick up on s- some small things becomes very difficult because we're still men and our attention goes oh, to fuck. shiny objects not really the you know the details within well, the shiny object well and, and also too it's like you know it, if it were like giant gold bar across the entire thing and it says decaffeinated i would have yeah. been like oh nope i don't want that one i want this one but it was just a little tiny little and spot that's the and one like, thing we need to know why wouldn't you like cereal has a giant back panel that they just try and fill with crap why not put your nutritional ingredients there so that they, you know because there's no nutritional ingredients <laughs> Well, there's the other thing. Make your intrusion, you know, especially if you're nutritional. If you're if you're one of those brands like Kashi or something, make that your whole back panel so blind people will start buying it. You know. 
you, that's always one of those, and that's just one of the toughest things. Why it's would like they finding? Hide Why do they hide decaf? You know what I mean? Well, because people don't. Most people don't want fucking decaf. No, like, exactly. So you need to mark that. Well, but but there again, like the question is, is was it designed intentionally to be misleading? So people be like, ah, fuck, I got decaf, and then they can't return it. Oh, I got you. So I, they, I have can't, to, they have to make decaf, but they just don't sell decaf, and the product gets old, so they have to balance it out somehow. So, so the question is: is yeah, I can't speak to whether it was intentionally designed like that or not, hmm. but I can tell you that I totally fucked up and got the wrong thing because one little bitty little part I just was yeah, not yeah, observant yeah. enough to notice, and then even then, after I did buy the right thing and I sat them side by side. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, people were like, "Oh shit!" Now I get why you totally screwed this up. Because you're not, not like a it was big and bold, and like it wasn't big and bold and going, "This is decaf. Drink <laughs> only if you hate yourself." Because you're not a lawyer, you're not looking at those details. You should get another job. Well, luckily, I was never a lawyer, so. <laughs> but. But but still, you know, that's one of those things where it's like with those with those with those small little fine details. Is how do you mm. actually? how do you actually get in there and and make it so that way it's easier for people to see that now i i couldn't imagine like if if you had to pick out between those two coffees whether or not you would have actually been able to get leaded or unleaded yeah and i would i probably would have like bought two bags to make sure i got one that was right and i still wouldn't know <laughs> i could buy two decaf Oh god and that's the other thing too is, is that sometimes you know when they run out of a product they're just like they make it look like the shelf's full. And so right. literally you've got two decaf sitting side by side. I actually had that one happen to me after I did the script, but I was like, all right, haha, you got me. The one on the left is decaf. And oh shit, that's decaf too. Wait, do they not have any? Yeah. Right. It, it's all a marketing thing. Yeah. So, so dude, it's like, it's still funny to me. And, and every so often I still get shit, you know, by, by everybody for buying decaf the one time when we were all exhausted from doing trial. <laughs> I do have a cereal hack. You want to hear my cereal hack? Let's hear it. I bought Raisin Bran, right? Which mm -hmm. is a good cereal for sugar, blood sugar levels, by the way. Hi, and fantastic. so I opened the box. I picked, took the bag out, flipped it upside down and opened it. And I had a, Fully proportionate box of raisins. Hey, fantastic. They didn't all get stale because, you know, cereal generally gets stale. And when they're all at the bottom, then they all get hard. And you got to like, mm -hmm. I had fresh raisins. It was pretty amazing. So congratulations to Raisin Brain. Turn it upside down. Do that with all your cereals. That way, you know, the, the dust kind of falls back to where it should be. You know, one of the things that I've, I've, really taken into is i like to get like the malto meal cereals just mm. straight up bag no box fuck it let's go yeah i like that like, i wish i wish that <laughs> i wish that uh more places had better recycling because at one point um here you could take those bags and recycle them but while we were sending off all our recycling to china we pissed off china and now they don't want our recycling. So now yeah. our city has made it so that way it's trash. Even though it was like, even though it's got all these markers that says, hey, recycle me. Yeah. I, I like, spent two years. I've been spending two years separating my garbage and then putting it in the garbage can. Like, well, there's a garbage, you know, a bag full of cardboard. Here's all my plastic. I don't know if they separate it anymore, you know? Right. You know, and, and I think it just all depends on, 
what your recycling program looks it's just Mm -hmm. it's so highly dependent because like i know that some places are still actually collecting plastics and still sending it out our our city isn't right it goes into the trash now and that's like that really sucks it does suck you know what else sucks what else sucks Tucker carlson sucks dude Like, because I, I wanted to address it because I think part of it is, is um, I don't think we have a political um, lean, right? We we last Thursday we talked about you know rationalizing Republicans and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. but but Tucker said I'm just going to get to it. He said three thousand three hundred and fifty two people apparently died after getting the COVID vaccine, and. Mm-hmm. I think it's an important thing to address, and I thought you could help me with that because mm-hmm. honestly, um, it turns out that that means that they could have died in a car accident or choking on a ham bone or any or a heart attack or a stroke unrelated to the vaccine, but that they just got the vaccine and then died. Mm-hmm. And I think he did that because he's intentionally doing it to mislead, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree with you on that. And I don't know if you, if you, if you're a fan of what is it? It's V V A V A E R S. And that is the federal vaccine adverse event reporting system. I almost mm-hmm. sent that, but I just found that about 1130 today. And I, so I threw it in because I heard that and I didn't, I wanted to get past the misinformation, but I didn't really give you a chance that where you could go look at the data to say, yes, that's what he's doing. Um, so I guarantee you most likely that is not the case what he's doing, but it, there's a broader topic in, in terms of what do these numbers actually look like? So right. for example, we have to acknowledge one thing is, is that there are people who have gotten the vaccine and then have died of COVID afterwards. What does that actually mean? Okay. Right. So what that means is, is that they call these breakthrough events. The, these are cases of infection that have somehow managed to break through the protections that the immunity has. Now, this is where it gets, this is where it gets absolutely fun. The people, the people that are claiming that, you know, now this is all worthless because while well, people are getting vaccinated and still dying, let I would like to remind them that these people, if they're dying from getting COVID while vaccinated, that also means that w- they would have died from COVID had they not gotten vaccinated. Right. So that's something that people need to keep in mind, number one. Number two, the rates of these breakthrough infections are significantly lower than just getting COVID in the wild without a vaccination. For sure. So you you're you're seeing mathematically speaking reductions uh from 90 to i believe israel was, was reporting 97% uh, reduction in in cases of hospitalization so the fact of the matter is is that the vaccines are doing one of the important things that we actually need them to do is keeping hospital beds open the idea that vaccines are 100% effective has got to be the most asinine thing that I think we as a people have suddenly expected right. when all of the vaccines that were given starting from childhood range anywhere from about 81 to 98% effective, depending on the vaccine. 
Yeah. None of them are 100% effective, but all of them do some very significant things like prevent severe infections or hospitalizations. And these breakthrough cases, this is where there's just not enough data out there yet. From the looks of what they're seeing is, is that these breakthrough cases are variants. And so more than likely what's happening is, is that the protections that are offered are higher for, you know, what they call the in the wild cases, mm. but the variants are known to slip by a little bit more. Um, I believe it was with Pfizer and Moderna. Uh, I want to say that they still were significantly effective against, uh, I know for sure Pfizer, uh, with the Indian COVID variant, it's still 88% effective. Nice. Um, but with like the UK and the South African and the Brazilian uh, variants, it's still anywhere from about, uh, I think, 85 to 91 percent effective just you depending can, on the you variant. can still get covid with the vaccine mm -hmm. it just limits how bad because your your body's already prepared for it so exactly you can, you can still get it it just reduces the severity of it it's never meant to eliminate it but one of the bright sides of it the vaccine is that it seems to do that that it seems mm -hmm. to eliminate your risk of getting it in a large portion of people but not in everybody like they were saying is, is that severe symptomatic COVID cases seem to be down about 97% and yeah. asymptomatic cases of COVID are down about 86%. That's so cool. those, those are things that are very important, but acknowledging that number one, these things are not 100% effective. If they were, I would tell you somebody's lying to you straight up mm -hmm. because we don't have any vaccine. That's hundred percent effective. Even like in the trials with, with teens where they're, where they're saying that, the vaccine had a 100% of efficacy with Pfizer and Moderna uh, or with Pfizer 96% efficacy with Moderna, you know, that 100% is, I, I, it's the, it's the efficacy. And as, as we had Dan talk about effect, mm. efficacy and effectiveness are two totally different measures. The clinical so, trial is 200 people. Reality is millions. So that's exactly, exactly. So, so despite the number of vaccines that are out there, there are still going to be some breakthrough cases. We don't know if it is, if they are variants yet, there's just not enough data to support whether or not it's in the wild or variants. But that's because, not what he's arguing. He's arguing that the vaccine killed 3,300 people. And, and, and that's, that's where we have to get into the next portion of this is I'm actually dealing with this right now where I have an uncle that had a stroke uh, about a week after getting yeah. one of his, uh, after getting his second shot. How is uncle Tom? Uncle Tom's doing all right. He's yeah. uh, I mean, he, he's going to be going through some life changes and it's, it's going to be, it's, it's definitely going to be, I feel for the family and, and I, you know, wish them all, you know, the best. And mm -hmm. I, and I hope, you know, I still do hope that my uncle Tom has a, a chance at recovery. I mean, it's, unfortunately it's going to be pretty unlikely, but you know what, I, if, if there was ever a chance out there, you know, it's always, it's always possible. Yeah. Now, when it comes to cases of does the vaccine actually kill people? Right. Two things. Number one, 
there is very little data to support that within the United States. So we've had cases of blood clots with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Mm -hmm. That has absolutely happened. Now, um, whether or not the whether or not the vaccine is the cause of that, uh, German scientists. There was an interesting article. Uh, German scientists think that they figured out why the J and J and AstraZeneca uh, vaccines are causing these blood clots, and they think it, that the adenovirus that they use in order to transmit the the information through the shot, they think that that might be causing the creation of rogue proteins. Well, so there is causality. They think this is this 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 is not reviewed. It's it's there's there's a possibility. So, but here was the other issue, and 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 unfortunately, I'm just I'm not entirely sure what that data looks like entirely for Johnson and Johnson. But initially, the data showed that it was you know women primarily from 18 to about 35, right. which we had talked about. That's also prime time in which you know, women are on birth control and birth control mm-hmm. has a significantly higher uh, rate of blood clotting. Right. So whether or not there's causality there, that's, you know, that's something else. Now, what most people don't think about is, is that because these vaccines are so new, there's a lot of effort going into researching them and finding out what's mm-hmm. happening. Right. This is another one of those. There just isn't enough information and time to determine all of this yet. And we're going to find out more. And just but, really quickly in that, before we go too far, what I was talking about, this vaccine, federal vaccine thing, it's it's an inroad for data. It's not an endpoint for data. Right. So what it is, is it's like a real-time ticker of events. And so it's real easy to cherry pick and say, oh, this person got the vaccine, was in a car accident, died after getting vaccine. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. Nobody uses it as an end point. It's not, it's not. It's a collection. It's, it's what you're using. And that's what they used this system. They use this to find those blood clots. So Johnson and Johnson. So that's what it's used for. It's not used to come up with uh, um, an, an analysis in and of itself. So, so now this is where it gets fun is because the question is, is, you know, are, are issues that are coming up because of the vaccine or are they because of external factors? Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, part of my family is not going to believe this when uh, when conversations have come up and said that my uncle was apparently starting. They wanted to put him on cholesterol medication and blood thinners a year ago mm-hmm. is what we've come to find out from one of my cousins. So he was having issues well before he got the shot and was supposed to be on medications before he got the shot. So now here's where the grand question is, is if he had been on these medications and had talked with a doctor before getting the shot, is there a chance that they would have said, Hmm, you know, you might want to hold off on taking the shot because you might be at a significant risk of any sort of adverse health reaction. That's entirely possible. You know, this is this is one of those things where the system cannot determine whether or not people are unaware of their health or or are aware of potential issues but neglecting it. Right. So this is one of those things like we can't, you know, we can't necessarily determine initially who is aware and who isn't aware. It's just not a thing. Right. And so unfortunately, you know, in the case of my uncle, the the likelihood that the vaccine caused his stroke is it becomes mathematically statistically unlikely right because he has all these other health issues leading up to this event right. now c- 
could it be that because he had all these other health issues going on untreated and then he gets the shot and that just makes his body work overtime. Does that lead to something tipping over the edge? Possibly. I mean, the probability is the probability is there. It's not zero, but the likelihood of it being the vaccine that was the sole cause of this Mm -hmm. is the probability is highly unlikely. Right. But at least we know that this data is going into a database. Right. And, and, and that, and that there are going to be people that are going to be analyzing this information to determine whether or not, you know, that's, that's really, you know, that's how the J and J blood clotting issue gets caught is because, is because you have people who are healthy suddenly developing blood clots. Right. And there's, there's no indications that, what what is happening in their life like there's there's there shouldn't be pretty there shouldn't be very many markers of an 18 year old having a stroke or blood right. clot. there but shouldn't you be you wouldn't know that if it, the data wasn't collected and streamed and funneled exactly. somewhere. and that's what this is this is a funnel point but it's exactly. you know and that's what you're using so smart people like jeffrey can actually go hey we had three uh blood clots we should be on this and that's exactly. what's cool is that the system is working, but you gotta, you gotta put those data points out there to be caught. You know? And then, and then this is where, this is where, you know, even though I'm somebody who gen, has a genuine distrust of the government, there are certain things that as, as a data person, you have to put your feelings about government aside. You have to put your feelings about politics aside and you have to objectively look at numbers and what's going on. The reality is, is, is that, these numbers don't care about party line. These issues don't yes. care about whether or not you think the government is out to get you That's because, right. because in the end, these data points are going to help determine, you know, is this an effective, is this an effective vaccination strategy to change mm-hmm. over into these MRNA vaccines? Unfortunately, I think what's going to happen is, is that, you know, unless J and J improves upon their technology, J and J isn't going to be able to stand in in and fight yeah. the way that Pfizer and Moderna are going to be able to fight because there have been fewer issues with those vaccines. J and J has been had health code violations. They're trying to get factories in Baltimore up to date. It's it's mm-hmm. really a mess over there. So so that's where so that's where like all of this data comes in and you have to look at it objectively. And when you see cases like this where there's a stroke, you have to investigate whether or not there's any history there that would, would determine if somebody has health issues or not. So if you go in and you say, All right, we're gonna look at this person who had a stroke, and you go, Ooh, they weren't being treated for anything. They don't, they're not on any medications that would treat any of these symptoms. Now let's look at their hospital visit history. Let's look at their blood test history. Let's look at any number of data points that may have been collected to determine whether or not they've actually had any sort of health issues that could say that there is a factor here. And that's that's a reality with the J&J shots is, is that the reason that they got paused was because there was a number of healthy people that weren't on anything medication-wise that would be treating uh, these people for blood clot issues. And so that in and of itself says, hey, there's likely an issue here where the vaccine is probably to blame. Unlike where, you know, unfortunately in the case of my Uncle Tom, you know, 
he was supposed to be on medication. He saw a doctor. He was supposed to be doing all of this follow-up. And had he been on this medication, the the delta in which they would have made the decision on whether or not he should be vaccinated would have changed. Like right. the likelihood of should I get vaccinated if I have all of these heart issues, they would have been like, mm, we're going to have to use some extreme caution. We're going to have to make sure that, you know, as far as being on your medication, that you're healthy and stable. Yeah, we haven't done the study on heart disease patients yet. You know what I mean? So, so the real and and then we also have to face the other reality too is is that there are going to be cases where someone has anaphylaxis and well, yeah. they're going to die from the vaccine. That does happen. I mean, luckily the way that they've set this up is they've, you know, wherever you're getting vaccinated, they have people there that are prepared to treat you mm. and get you stable. So that way you can get to a hospital. And yeah. anaphylaxis and, isn't a death sentence. It's, it's no. a condition that can be reversed pretty quickly. Yes, exactly. But, you know, and, and for some people, you know, there are going to be people out there that know that they can't get the vaccine because they will have anaphylaxis. Mm-hmm. And that's, but that's exactly why we get vaccinated is for the people who can't. Right. You know, we, there's plenty of cases out there, you know, even in the vaccines that we know and we quote unquote trust that we've taken since we were kids. And those vaccines are not available to other people because because of anaphylaxis issues yep it happens so so everything about being vaccinated as we've talked about a thousand times already is a calculated risk Mm -hmm. it just turns out that 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 risk is a lot lower getting the vaccine than it is from rolling the dice and getting covid and and wondering whether or not you're going to die from it right or end up being intubated (laughs) And so it's so interesting. There's two data points, which I find interesting. And we've talked about this. I put my foot in my mouth about it once already. And it was so um, six men in a cave that were tasked with cleaning up guano were some of the first to contract a form of the virus that was 95% similar to the COVID that is now going around. And then three people from a hospital setting i don't know if it was a lab you know you could call it a lab right. also contracted something similar and i see this is a point where the guys in the cave would have gone to the hospital and somebody would have had to have gotten gotten infected you know so i see that as a trans transition where other people are saying fuck the guys in the cave it was the lab people (laughs) vector is the word you're looking for vector Vector. right and i just think i don't like i don't think i don't think it was lab born that way so first originally put my foot in my mouth about but the reason people are going crazy about we need to look into this and we do so so and, and and remember when we talked about this where i said out of all the conspiracy theories this is the one that is mm-hmm. probably the most plausible yeah and, and i've had to go back and explain this a few times to people because people have asked me about it and i said it's yeah, yeah. still plausible it's on people's I, minds I, the idea reason. that the idea that you can work in a lab setting and everything goes perfectly lab mm-hmm. accidents happen period yeah. end of story sure Mathematically speaking, when we look at the history of how people are getting these viruses, mm-hmm. 
they're more likely have gotten it because they were bitten or they were eating things that are not food or they ate something that had been exposed to mathematically food tends to be uh, food or, or the animals themselves tend to be the vector. You mean as humanity, as humanity drastically increases and encroaches on natural society, the natural society fights back in ways <laughs> like a COVID virus or, you know, or the plague or whatever have you. I mean, why you are know? those guys in a cave cleaning up guano if it wasn't because they were going somewhere where bats well, resided, right? Well, guano is a, actually a very good fertilizer. So mm. wouldn't surprise me you'd have people in the cave, a cave getting guano because it's still it is a highly sought after fertilizer. Encroaching on nature and mm. nature has its own defenses, one of which might have been COVID. You know? <laughs> so, so the idea that, I mean, but that's just it is, is that... You know, one of the things that I still tell people is, is that the lab theory is the only one that was ever based on any sort of potential reality because, mm-hmm. because you can have accidents, accidents in labs do happen. Yeah. The, the question of how quickly things transmit after a lab accident, the question of who, who's going to report what after a lab accident, whether or not the, whether or not if you report a lab accident, you're going to get shot, <laughs> you know, right, less likely right. in this country than in others. But um, in the end, when, when I say that it is plausible, I mean, it is the only one that wasn't like, you know, it's a weaponized thing. No, it's not. It doesn't have enough right. body count in order to be weaponized. Well, it was born from 5G. No, it's not. That's not how radio waves work. Mm, that isn't, that isn't. And one thing is that these labs are built to find viruses and progress them like that's what they do to find their weaknesses and to find their potentials is put them Mm -hmm. through their paces their lifespan so yes Mm -hmm. they wanted to mutate as many times as possible in a lab setting as opposed to what corona did which was do that same thing out in the public (laughs) right and so and but still you know I, I think that when they finally do, because Biden has ordered that there's a full intelligence uh, research on the lab setting, mm-hmm. based on some of the information that's coming out there, you know, what the what the World Health Organization said was is that there were dozens of variants of coronavirus running around China mm. before uh, by December. Right, 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 and that. There, there's a potential of some people being hospitalized from COVID-like symptoms in like November. That's if, what makes it COVID-19 and not COVID-20. Exactly. But the idea that there would be dozens of variants running around China by, by December, if the idea is that it came from a lab, you would have had to – the idea that you would have that many variants within a short period of time – it's mathematically a lot less likely, which yeah. means that the exposure would have had to have happened earlier. So most likely you're looking potentially anywhere from, you know, back to July of 2019, where the first exposures potentially start. Okay. Maybe I don't, I just think a weakened, a weakened baby virus could have bounced around and died off and mutated. And we, they, they just didn't notice it. I mean, it was and that's just like- it. It's just, it, that's just it is, is that it's hard to say because mm-hmm. you know, unless you have a bunch of samples from people being sick with these symptoms right. and can go back and test, I mean, the only thing that we're going to be able to do is, is try to operate under the idea that 
certain groups of people that had certain symptoms were probably carriers of COVID. And that's going to tell us whether or not, quote unquote, it came from a lab or came from the wild. Like, and so, like I said, this is where it's like mathematically speaking, the probability of it having derived in the wild mm. and getting some sort of exposure either by people encroaching on, you know, bat territory or their yeah. sales as food in wet markets are far more likely, mathematically speaking, because we've seen this with several other viruses that happen. Ebola is another great example. Ebola outbreaks happen because people start eating bats. <laughs> We know that. We know that vector. SARS, the original one, happened because uh, bats had been eating uh, or, or had gotten into contact with some type of bird. And oh. those, those birds were being sold on the wet market. Right. And so then that ends up, you know, with that SARS outbreak in 2002. Uh, MRSA is another one, you know, oh. where that's animal derived. The idea that. Hey, guess, yeah, what, guess what? what? SARS, SARS, MRSA, COVID, same thing. Mm-hmm. they're all the same they're virus i mean they're, they're all coronaviruses they're all yeah they're all coronaviruses <laughs> yeah so so the idea the idea that you know it's it takes a lab leak for something like this to happen mm-hmm. is statistically unlikely right especially when we have far more proof that diseases born this way are actually natural pathogens that happen right exactly an old lady has a uh, aches in her bones and she's 84 she doesn't know it's a virus she just thinks it's her age and so she just doesn't know and passes it on it, it happens it happens all the time it's happened throughout centuries you know black plague mm-hmm. everything it, it's all from absolutely our lack of understanding of science you know what I mean? absolutely and and that's just it is is that it, it, it's our it's our it's our contact with the wild it's the idea that you know oh well this should be safe this should be fine i don't need to take any precautions yet you know how many of our parents told us you know when there was a dead bird on the ground don't touch it me right definitely don't touch it that, you know I hate, I hate animals because of what they carry i'm not scared of a raccoon motherfucker i'll hit you with a shovel but all those fleas that have been sucking your blood jumping on me i don't want that I mean, there's still on average 10 cases of black death plague in the United States every year because prairie dogs, prairie dogs carry the plague. (laughs) It's just that, you know, after a thousand years, Mm -hmm. the plague isn't lethal to us anymore and can be treated by simple antibiotics. It turns out because the majority of the population isn't hunting and eating prairie dogs anymore. (laughs) Right. And we, and our shipping systems are a lot different. Our health systems, our sanitary systems are a lot different. You know, a lot of, a lot of things changed, but there are certain things that haven't. And that's how quickly things can be transmissible. Sorry, I'm on this. I'm on this idea now of just making uh, prairie dog burgers and selling them to Trump supporters and say, "Don't believe the science. You won't get the plague." Listen, <laughs> you have any idea how many prairie dogs you would have to shoot in order to make a burger? No idea. Oh God, hmm. Debbie's gagging over here <laughs> at the idea of having prairie dog burgers. I don't blame them. I don't blame them one bit. Yeah. Hell no. I wouldn't. That is no, no. That's like, that's like a back in Montana. We have morning dove hunting season. And I'm like, you don't have any idea how many morning doves you would have to shoot in order to make a dinner. Well, the daily limit is eight and each breast is like a fucking chicken nugget. So no wonder the daily limits eight (laughs) because you have to shoot eight of the damn things in order to have one meal. 
Wow. It's like, so prairie dogs. No, prairie no dogs. prairie dog burgers. Okay. Okay. You turn can them into also, hot dogs. Can Pre- we also hot, say hot prairie we, dogs? Wait, no, that sounds bad. Can we get rid of that commercial <laughs> for wet teddy bears too? Because I that grosses wet, me out. Wet teddy bears? What the fuck? Have you not seen the Liberty Mutual wet teddy bears commercial? Uh, I have not, and that just sounds... Well, you don't get to see commercials. See, I'm stuck because I can't see when the show comes back, so I can't fast-forward through them. And there is some horrible commercials out there. Oh, dude, there are some fucking horrid commercials out there, and I'm... It's, it's, oh, I don't know. But they won't ever be in our shows, by the way. Um, <laughs> listen, we're going to have a talk if we have a wet teddy bear. Right. So really quickly, I did have a note here, but it takes a century. Like there's a lot to it. All right. So I'm just, see what gonna, we got. I'm just, I don't know. It's the filibuster, right? Oh, the filibuster, the filibuster. And I just want to say there's some history to the filibuster, but what really struck me as a number that I thought we could concern ourselves with was mm-hmm. the fact that I'm trying to find it in this giant note. I, I tried doing the history of it, right? No. Mm-hmm. And all right, it's been used 2000, 2000 filibusters have been used since 1917. And mm-hmm. about half of those have been used in the last 12 years. But there is 161 exemptions to the filibuster. Mm-hmm. One of those is reconciliation. The other is in regards to military base closings, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so it's not like it's this precious thing, this precious artifact that the Senate has that they're stuck with. And in fact, in 1969, it was only spoken filibusters. But in the early 1970s, the silent filibuster came about. And as long as 41 senators threatened a filibuster, it could block something. And, right. But I mean, since then, since then, 161 exemptions have come up, and I don't understand why we can't put voting rights in one of those exemptions. Both parties have done it, so it's mm-hmm. non-political, it's non-partisan, it's a tool that's being misused, but if we're going to misuse it, can we categorize voting rights in it? You know? so this is this is one of those fun ones. Having done parliamentary procedure, mm-hmm. you, know, you, you know, you don't have the filibuster in parliamentary procedure. What we have is what we call a limiting vote. And so mm-hmm. basically it's it's recognized that whatever you're voting on is going to limit the rights of the members. And right. so that means that you have to get a certain threshold of votes in order for something to pass. Yeah. So in which case, you know what, if, if you're going to set this up as something that limits the rights of the members, then absolutely, you know, you should have to hit a threshold. But if your only threshold is, is that you want to talk on it till it dies. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's not. That's not. That's not limiting the members of right. Uh, limiting the, the the members' rights. That's We're just the, being an asshole. Filibuster is what ends debate and starts the vote. Just to, mm-hmm. just so we know where it fits in. Like they're allowed to debate a bill all they want, which yep. they don't do anymore. They just start with filibuster to end the debate when they don't. And I and I don't like the silent the silent thing you know what i mean <laughs> i Which, think they should have to stand there and filibuster and then when they're done vote you have a chance to make your case if you're that passionate about it stand there for 24 hours and tell us why but mm-hmm. don't sit there and read green eggs and ham you know 
Exactly. And the filibuster is just bullshit. I I don't think that it has any place in modern politics. What you need to do is you need to decide whether or not, you know, a a bill is going to limit the rights of members. Mm -hmm. Right. Because because that is a very real issue. And if it's going to limit the rights of members, then then yes, you have to hit a certain threshold. Now, in parliamentary procedure, we have what we call a supermajority vote, which can be 67 percent or 75 percent. It just depends on how you want to set it up. It was 75 percent originally, but then in 1917, they knocked it down to 60 members. Right. So so in which case it's like you know, you need to set it up as a limiting the rights of the members. And if, if that's all it is, and you know, if, if it's not going to pass because it can't get 60 votes, then so be it, you know, that's that, that is perfectly acceptable to me. But the idea that you can talk on something until it effectively kills it, that's just bullshit. That's, that's not, that's, that's not actually contributing to constructive debate. You know, in in like in parliamentary procedure, we have a lot of ways to send things back for reconsideration. We have a lot of ways mm-hmm. to send things back to be reanalyzed, redebated, and uh, and kill things in other ways. Yeah, if we can, if you can get enough votes, the idea sure. that talking it to death is acceptable. It, basically, what you're you know what you're relying on then is you're relying on a couple of people to be able to just completely destroy something that they don't like. I mean, look at what happened with, uh, you know, the civil rights discussions where Strom Thurmond sat there for 24 hours straight trying to kill, kill the civil rights bills. Right. But how did it do that? Wouldn't you, wouldn't when he's done just mean now we're voting? Like, how does it kill it? If you talk for a month when you're done, that just begins the voting process finally. Yep. Yep. And so basically what it boils down to is, is that you have to have enough people there that are going to do their job. And what you saw was what you, you had 54 vote in favor, 35 vote against, and then a whole slew of them that just were like, mm, fuck it, I'm not showing up. Right. And still getting paid $2,000 an hour to, to not vote on something as critical as that. Right. So to me, it's, it's one of those things where you can get rid of the filibuster, but still provide mechanisms in which something can't pass unless it reaches a certain threshold. Okay. It's something that they do all the time anyways. So why not just memorialize it in a, in a voting fashion? You know, okay. and that way you have to recognize whether or not it's going to limit the rights of members. Okay. So what would you say to Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, <clears throat> who are just dead set on not getting rid of it? Um, I would say that uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily call them Democrat in name only. I would say that they are enjoying the spotlight attention of being able to fuck things up. And, you know, that was something that McCain was frequently known for doing for on the right, where, right. you know, they were so close to having the skinny repeal of, a, of uh, the ACA and, you know, McCain just saunters in and gives the famous thumbs down that left, you know, McConnell standing there with his mouth hanging open. Yeah, right. And just fucking walks out. So, you know, it's one of those things like with with mansion and cinema it's like like 
that's up to their base. And, right. you know, if, if these people are not the representation you want, then it's your duty to vote them out regardless of how long they've been in there. Yeah. Because that's, 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 that's the way that our system should work is, is that if, even if they are, you know, the political party that you want, mm-hmm. and if they are not doing the job that you expect, then it is incumbent upon you to get rid of them. That's right. That's the cleaning process. We're bringing in representatives and getting rid of politicians because politics isn't governing. It isn't legislation. It's trying to get reelected. And I need to, we need to realize that bureaucracy sucks. Government is always going to be there, but politics doesn't have to be a part of it. And so, so for the people who are going to be voting on mansion and cinema, you know, whoever challenges them needs to sit down and, and lay it out that, you know, they don't think that the filibuster needs to be kept around and that, you know, this is why they need to be voted in. Hmm. So I, as much as, as much as I despise it and as much as I would say, you know, Hey, this is a problem and it's going to be a problem for you because just remember just because you want to be able to use something doesn't mean that it isn't going to get used against you. And if you don't want it used against you, then you shouldn't be willing to use it against somebody else. Period. End of story. Here it is. What I'm saying is that it's been changed or altered since its inception so many times. How can you say that it is what it originally was? So why keep something? Why keep it when, when you don't need to, when it isn't what it was? You know what I mean? It's morphed into something else that should be readdressed. Exactly. And this is, and like I said, this is where we need to readdress what, what does, what does it mean Mm -hmm. in order for something to be voted on? Do you have to, you have to say that it limits the rights of the members? So for example, one of the things that we say is, is that, you know, when, when we are going to cap debate on something, we say that it limits the rights of the members. Right. Because you have a right to sit there and speak on something, you know, you can set time limits, you can set, you know, number of turns, you can talk on something. But if you're going to limit it in such a way that not everybody gets to talk, if you're going to limit it uh, in such a way that um, you have to hold a vote by a certain time, then you can say that it limits the rights of the members and thus being able to pass it is going to require a 60% vote, you know, things like that. And you can also say that a minority, a minority, like senators that represent a minority can still control the majority through this, you know what uh I mean? Which I find troubling. California only has two senators. North Dakota only has two senators, but North and South Dakota with less people can control more than California if they stick together. Yeah, but see, that's where, that's where we have to have a fundamental understanding of what a, uh, a democratic republic looks like the two votes mm. that's the republic part of the democratic republic right so so where you're you right. get you're more right. where you get more say is in the house because there are more people in california than in north dakota or south dakota right. and so rep, they're represented differently so the two the the senators are literally what the state wants mm-hmm. the 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 house of reps is what the people want Right, because government is a contract between the people and a government. So, so I, I've seen that one crop up way too many times, and I, I've got to put a kibosh on that one. Like the, the well, California only gets two senators, and mm-hmm. and 
and North Dakota gets two senators. Yeah, that's because that's the republic part of our democratic republic. That's why you have some states, some countries that are republics. It's like you get two people from a region and that's it. You have some you have right. some places that are direct democracies. And right. so literally bypass all of that. Like England, they have a house of parliament. There, you know, you just need the majority of everybody to get there. Like Israel. Right. You know, and, and so like with ours being bicameral, it's like you have the people and then mm. you have the state's representation. And so that's how that's how our system works. Okay. I don't like so, it, but we, it, it works. <sighs> It's, but that's just it. Is, is that you know, if if you're gonna say that this, you know, the states have any sort of powers or rights, then you have to have some way of re- the state being able to represent itself, even though it's right. the population of the state that you know determines the elections and whatnot. I guess it's like the little boys and the big boys. I think they think senators are like their parents, and the house is asking for permission, and the senate just kind of grants it as they wish. Yep. Yep. So that's that's just one of those things. It's you know. <laughs> Uh, whether or not you agree with it, that's how a democratic republic works. I love it. I love it. So, so what's your favorite Princess Bride movie? Uh, The Princess Bride. Uh, The Princess Bride. Me too. I Uh, love that movie. (laughs) Yeah. The idea that they're going to do a remake of it or or reboot or whatever or a sequel to it is just, no. Don't do that. Just don't do that. It's the reason why it is what it is is because it was magical, and if you come in there trying to do something different with it, it's ugh, some. There are very few cases where you can actually, where you actually get something that's going to be as good as the original, and especially after so long. Yeah. Okay, I love that. I had no idea they were going to do an original. So I don't know. Sorry, I don't know what it. I've heard that it's a remake, a reboot. I've heard that it's a sequel. I've heard so many things about it, and the answer is don't. Just don't. Don't. Just don't do it. Just don't. So I want to shout out. uh, What is it? I've been trying to figure out this word. Foozled it, the comedy podcast, and they're on Twitter at Foozled it. Foozled it, and they've been reposting and retweeting a lot of our podcast tweets, and I want to appreciate them. So. Thank awesome. you for all of them. They're in our notes. And I found this Loner podcast, and it is at Loner Podcast One. And I shouted her out, and she thanked us and shouted us out, and we shouted her out. And now we're friends on Facebook, liking each other's stuff. So, hey, the Loner Podcast is awfully up? great. Because, you know, podcasting isn't really censored, Jeffrey. And that's no. why I think we have a role because. Media does what the sponsors tell them to do and what executives think is best for their bottom line, but we don't have a bottom line. <laughs> so no, I think we, it's we really haven't had a line, <laughs> you know, like I, so I don't really care. I can go against R- Rupert Mur- Murdoch as he owns CNN or as he owns Fox. You know? <laughs> right. Right. But thank you for being here. Is there anything you wanted to end with? Hi, Debbie. <laughs> I think, I think it's nap time. <laughs> Yeah, I think so too. I don't I've know just if got. I've just got on the couch. I've just got a uh, Billy over here, just chilling yeah. and needing some love. I love it. Well, go love your dogs. Everybody should go love their dogs. Oh you know, yeah. I'll end. I'll end by telling you this. Uh, there's a tweet that's super popular on our Twitter about uh, rescued dogs from South Korea. They were going to be. They were in the dinner market. They were plans to be eaten, but we rescued them and brought them back to America. And now these dogs are available for adoption. 
<laughs> hey, go get go get yourself a good adopted pet. It's wet market. You never know. You might get the next COVID dog. Oh, Billy's like, <laughs> I, Billy's like, no, don't say that. No. I don't. No, no COVID dog. No, I'm no. a good dog. I am a good girl. Yeah. See, I love you. Go take a nap. Alrighty. <laughs> Bye, Billy. Bye, Jason. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not yes, we can. what your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take it and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. We wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Podcast, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Potable, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. 
by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.